Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hey, stranger. The Opus is moving out and into a new season as we continue to explore the ongoing legacy of music's most iconic records. I'm your host, Adam Unz, and this season we're celebrating the 45th anniversary of Billy Joel's fifth studio album, The Stranger, a record whose critical and commercial success catapulted the piano man to superstardom. Helping us explore this classic collection are artists like Billy Joel's drummer Liberty DeVito, Regina Spector, Andrew McMahon in the Wilderness, Rozzy, Lissy, The Arkells, Bayside's Anthony Renari, and Ben Folds. Great music shapes lives, shakes rafters, and embeds itself into our culture. So let's find out why only the good die young as we deep dive into The Stranger. The new season is out now and is brought to you by the Consequence Podcast Network and Sony Legacy Recordings. Find us at consequence.net or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, stranger! The Opus is moving out and into a new season as we continue to explore the ongoing legacy of music's most iconic records. I'm your host, Adam Unz, and this season we're celebrating the 45th anniversary of Billy Joel's fifth studio album, The Stranger, a record whose critical and commercial success catapulted the piano man to superstardom. Helping us explore this classic collection are artists like Billy Joel's drummer Liberty DeVito, Regina Spector, Andrew McMahon in the Wilderness, Rozzy, Lissy, The Arkells, Bayside's Anthony Renari, and Ben Folds. Great music shapes lives, shakes rafters, and embeds itself into our culture. So let's find out why only the good die young as we deep dive into The Stranger. The new season is out now and is brought to you by the Consequence Podcast Network and Sony Legacy Recordings. Find us at consequence.net or wherever you get your podcasts. Consequence Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Spark Parade, where I geek out with artists and entertainers about their cultural spark of inspiration. I'm Adam Unz at Spark Parade on all social media. Thanks ever so much for joining me. Uh, I have... Such a fun interview for you to listen to this week. It's especially fun for me because I got to talk about a movie that I love so much. And as long as I had fun, we're all happy, right? Uh, my guest is AJJ frontman Sean Bonnet, whose spark is Alex Garland's super fucking incredible film Annihilation. This episode is really just two film nerds being film nerds, which is something we all can enjoy bearing witness to, right? Quick disclaimer, though, uh, there are spoilers aplenty for Annihilation in this episode. You have been warned. So now, let's just dive right in. Quick Sean facts. Singer and guitarist Sean Bonnet is the frontman and co-founder of the band AJJ, AJJ is an American folk punk band from Phoenix, Arizona, originally formed in 2004 by Bonnet and bandmate Ben Galati. 
The band has released seven albums to date, and their eighth studio album, Disposable Everything, will be released this coming Friday, May 26th. For Sean, this record is less a prophesizing mirror held up to a burning world than one inspired by personal grief. In fact, for him, this record is about what happens after the collapse, on both an intimately personal level and a much broader scale. He said, A large part of Disposable Everything is the terrible thing I've been imagining finally happening. A big theme is my mom's death, which is something I think everyone lives in terror of. But once it happens and you're still alive, you figure out how to move on. It is, in some weird way, our happiest record. And if you want my opinion, it's a great record. And you should listen to it as soon as you can. Quick Annihilation facts. Annihilation is a 2018 science fiction psychological horror film written and directed by Alex Garland, based on the 2014 novel of the same name by Jeff Vandermeer. It stars Natalie Portman, Jennifer Jason Leigh, Gina Rodriguez, Tessa Thompson, Tuva Nuvatni, and Oscar Isaac. The story follows a biologist whose husband disappears. In an effort to find him, she puts her name forward for an expedition with an all-female group of explorers into the Shimmer, a mysterious quarantined environmental disaster zone of mutating plants and animals caused by an alien presence. The expedition team is made up of the biologist, an anthropologist, a psychologist, a surveyor, and a linguist. And there you have it. Now it's time to get nerdy. Here comes my chat with Sean Bonnet about... Annihilation. The jumping off point for these things is always kind of your origin story. Actually, uh, disclaimer first. Sometimes with these things, I have to talk with people about stuff that doesn't do it for me, stuff I actively hate. I can always find a way forward. But with this, I love this movie so fucking much. <laughs> so it's like... Th- Thank you for providing me an opportunity to talk about it because whew, it's so good. Um, anyway, so self-indulgent portion uh, over. Back to you. How uh, do you remember being turned on to this movie or seeing it for the first time and, and how that felt? I, uh, well, first of all, I have a question. So you've seen the movie before and you and now we're just two fans of Annihilation that get to talk about Annihilation for a while. Exactly. Yes. I saw the oh, movie that came out and um, I've, I read the first two books in the trilogy and I just finished watching it again. Now it's like for daytime viewing, uh, it's uh, it's intense, but um, yeah, um, uh, it's still every bit as good as I remember. That's actually the first time I saw it. The first several times I saw it, it was daytime viewing because mm. um, I don't know if you remember, but it came out. Uh, on the tail end of, of movie pass mm-hmm. that that incredible genius business model where someone just uh, gave you a card and you went to the movies for free for I know. Like, as many as you wanted. Um, it's crazy. It didn't uh, work financially for them. <laughs> yeah. I, for, uh, for a touring musician, you know, you, you, uh, when you're, when you're working, you're like kind of working a hundred percent of the day, but when you're home and, and you have time off, like, and you don't have a lot of responsibilities, you have a lot of free time. And movie pass was incredible for that. There was a lot of, a lot of musicians off tour, just hanging out at the movies all day. Um, and I was one of them, but I found out about annihilation, uh, from social media. It's kind of one of the, you know, one of the good things that'll happen from, 
from social media is getting turned on to stuff. Yeah. And uh, Jeff Barrow from Portishead was talking about the movie that, um, you know, he, he said something to the effect of like, this isn't going to be in the theaters for very long. Like you need, and it's meant to be seen, it's meant to be heard in a theater. And so that piqued my interest just, you know, as a, as a big Portishead fan. And then another, another thing that someone had, had mentioned in the discourse was just like, go see it and try not to learn anything about it beforehand, which also piqued my interest. And then, uh, so yeah, that, that summer I saw that movie like five, six times in the theater. Thanks to, thanks to movie pass. Um, it was not very well attended, even though, yeah, I think, I think it was a sleeper hit and I believe it's a, it's a cult success at this point. At least for me, it is. Got it. I love that movie. What's your, what's your, how did you get into Annihilation? What's your uh, origin story with that film? Well, I love Alex Garland's work. So, you know, he'd done Ex Machina before this and written the screenplay for things like, you know, 28 Days Later and Sunshine and Dread um, and wrote, you know, The Beach and other books. And just I, I generally liked his work. And I think that combined with the cast, it's all of these just like amazing actors. And I just like sci-fi. Um, so, yeah, just mind blowing. Uh, this incredible thing. And it was it, like, not only did it have um, the fact that it's not straightforward science fiction and that it's weird shit going against it, but the, I don't know if you remember this about the distribution that the U S was the only country that it got a theatrical release. It was sold to Netflix in the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. And it was because the studio thought it was too weird. And the producer who was Scott Rudin, who has since been uh, kind of canceled for being a terrible person. But one good thing he did was really stood up for Alex Garland and said, we cannot change this movie. It needs to stay as it is. And because of that, the studio said, fine, but we're not going to release it anywhere. So it had a really small audience just because, it, you know, when it's dumped onto Netflix, the amount of content that is there, it's really hard to make waves on the streaming platform. Yeah, it was just a piece of gravel in an avalanche. Right, right. But for those of us who did get to see it, whew, what, uh, like, yeah, just it's very unusual. And I think I, you know, I like weird stuff too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, I guess like for you, I mean, how, how did you feel watching the story and um, did you know anything about what it was before you saw it? Uh, no, no, not before I saw it. I think maybe I knew Natalie Portman was in it and I knew that, you know, uh, Natalie Portis Headman was uh, uh, in it as well, musically. Yeah. But wasn't a part of it a focus group thing? Someone wanted to make Natalie Portman more likable. I, I learned that after the fact, but uh, that's that's great. That that scoundrel had a had a really good point to to keep that movie the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watching it, I was the first time I was uh, I was blown away. I was very stoned, um, and it uh, that you know I don't know if that would have uh, if it would have made a difference either way. Honestly, just for how how great the movie was. It had a good pacing, a uh, really nice kind of slow tone mm-hmm. and a really, really wonderful use of that Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young song. Totally. Um, helplessly hoping. It didn't feel like a sci-fi movie. Another thing I guess is it didn't have like a, it was an action movie that, that had a special kind of action mm-hmm. and just immense, immense body horror. A lot of, a lot of really gross moments. Yeah. Yeah. But also, you know, thoughtful. Um, and I think uh, a review that I read said it's really refreshing to have characters in a movie 
reacting rationally to these insane things that, you know, they're freaked out, but they're not making impulsive decisions to like, you know, run and jump on the creatures or, you know, things that you would expect from uh, kind of mainstream sci-fi and action movies where people are just doing dumb shit that people wouldn't do in real life. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, just like uh exciting and weird and also t- beautiful to look at like the production design was incredible too and like you said jeff barrow uh he works with alex alex garland on all of his stuff now i think he did the did you see devs the tv show yeah i like devs that was pretty good yeah he did the music for that he did the music for men um which was his last movie and you know i'm obsessed with portishead too so um anything that he's involved in i I feel uh yeah men was fantastic yeah (laughs) i think i believe there's another uh another score guy involved in that ben salisbury Mm -hmm. ben salisbury also had a hand in annihilation and men and and these other ones i think they i think jeff and ben work as a team i I just don't want to leave them out yeah it's fantastic they i in men there was a really similar moment musically um with some some kind of dark 70s or light 70s folk i can't remember what the song was in then but yeah that one's fantastic in your podcast are you going to give kind of a the synopsis or should we should we let listeners know kind of the the overarching gist of annihilation to make this easier for them to to follow i will i will give them the synopsis we can i will take care of the heavy lifting later on we can just enjoy ourselves (laughs) cool okay great yeah um the setup of, of the cast, like five, you know, five scientists or what mm-hmm. is it? Uh, an ex-military biologist, a paramedic, a psychologist. Right. A uh, Where was Josie Raddick from? She was awesome. Just did, finished her thing at Oxford or something. Cambridge. Yeah, I can't remember. Uh, I just watched it. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Josie Raddick was a, was a spectacular character. Mm-hmm. One that just like decided to agree with the futility of what was happening and just very quickly become a part of it. And I remember in the, in the movie, it sagged into, into Natalie Portman saying a really poignant thing, which was like some of the parts of it were beautiful, you know, referring to the shimmer mm. and the complete rewriting of, of all reality and DNA within this growing, <laughs> growing uh, puddle that's turning into a lake. And that's, I think that's an allegory for a lot of stuff going on. Uh, or a lot of a lot of things that happen that happen to us in our lifetime. Um, you know, you can look at it as social media, uh, or a, you know, a precursor thought to to COVID nineteen. Like for a minute during the lockdown, it really seemed like like all of the rules were changing and that society was gonna gonna become different in some way. Maybe even a perhaps even in a better way. Mm. And like you know, I, I look back upon on the lockdown, not to not to bring. I mean. I guess it's it's worth talking about because I watched it a lot during the lockdown too. But there were beautiful parts of that as well, much like the Shimmer, and you know, beautiful parts of social media, which is something I, I have uh, mixed feelings about. Um, but I wouldn't have wouldn't have experienced this movie without it. I don't think, or I'm sure I would have. I, I like sci-fi movies too, but it was it was neat to to go in go in the way I did, and I think knowing that it was going to have a limited theatrical release in in America was uh helped me kind of love it more the rarity mm-hmm. yeah and it, that, that is an inter- interesting point it's like you know thinking about social media or the internet as a whole 
being this kind of unstoppable force that in a lot of ways is really destructive, but is capable of creating beautiful things. And it's kind of this chaotic soup that is what what nature is as well, that it's both good and bad and beautiful and horrifying and not really passing judgment on the thing as a whole as to whether it's good or bad, even though it has good and bad parts. Yeah, it completely, it breaks the binary of a villain or, you know, like the, the evil, it, it, it's not evil. It's, it's, uh, it's chaotic, like you said, chaotic and unstoppable. Mm-hmm. Even after they, you know, at the, at, at the end of the movie, when Kane and Lena are reunited, their eyes have the shimmer in them. Mm-hmm. It's already happening. It's already like, it's already broken out of that, of that DMZ, uh, the, the Zona. It's time for a teeny tiny nano break. We'll be back before you know it. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Have you seen, uh, what's that movie? Stalker, the Tarkovsky flick? No, but I know that a lot of people uh, say that, you know, they they see a lot of that in this movie. Yeah, it was it was weird because I I can't I went into that movie kind of dry too. Uh, mm. There's a really good. I, I live in Tucson, Arizona, and there's a really great theater called The Loft here, and it was uh, they they'll they'll feature certain directors each month. Mm. Um, so every couple of years, there's a Tarkovsky month, and I went and saw Stalker for the first time, and it was like, yeah, really really tickled with how how much of a precursor to Annihilation it was. I only saw I only saw that one once. You know, I've seen Annihilation probably like. 15 times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think um, the, the influences that you can see coming into this movie are really interesting, but also the fact that it's an adaptation, but it's uh, an impressionistic uh, adaptation. Like Alex Garland has said, he read the book and didn't refer back to it afterwards. It was just like his memories of what had happened in the book. And there's a lot of things that are kind of, amalgamations of different things in the original story that he's turned into his story and it you know it doesn't feel wrong it's just uh, no. different I, I prefer the movie to the book to be honest yeah there's a real like kind of shining effect that happens there 
mm-hmm. where the where the source material um, is fine, but then the the film takes on a life of its own and, and becomes like this. Right. Yeah, the the movie, the music, the cast and crew, like all become it all becomes greater than the sum of its parts. Like, and the book is just like kind of one piece of that. Yeah, I, I also I also have only read the first two Annihilation books. Mm. The first one was fantastic, and the second one was uh, I'm you know I'd like to finish it one day, but I'm not. I'm not uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I yeah I got to the end of the second one and it was kind of like, mm, yeah, I'm I think I'm good. I I don't know. It's it is always kind of looming out there as and you know I'm I'm kind of a completist, so I feel like I need to finish it someday. But. I liked all the ter- terroir wordplay, mm. the terroir. Yeah. That shit was weird. <laughs> yeah. But also just, uh, again, talking about adaptations, uh, this is a, not a, a perfect comparison, but um, like with cover songs, I find covers much more interesting when the artist takes that song and makes it their own and does something completely different to it so that it's like seeing it in a new way or improving on the original. And it feels a little bit like that with this, that it's like kind of, taking the bones of the story and turning it into his own thing um and and really uh making it something different which i i really appreciate yeah it's awesome it's it's pretty masterful when someone can do that without without like hijacking the idea yeah did you see um under the skin i did see under the skin i saw it once so far and it was it was great, but my my very distinct memory, I watched it in the afternoon on a couch and I, I went into this like very fun trance through like 45 minutes of the middle of the movie where I just kind of laid down and was awake watching the screen, but not really conscious of what was happening. <laughs> and then when I woke up, I was uh, my liver was gone. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, that, uh, so I so I bear I, I say I'd say I watched half of it and then took like a weird a weird nap to it. But I loved it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Jonathan Glazer, who directed that, uh, I really love his work as well. And that's a, a, a similar situation. I read the book that it's based on, and it is so different. The tone is really different. It's like not quite funny, but it's there, there's much more levity in it than in the movie. The movie is some brutal. There's some really upsetting stuff in it. But um, yeah, the stuff that he did with the story is just. It, completely taking the seed of that idea and running with it in a completely different direction. Um, and that's really exciting to me. Yeah. We're talking about the one that's, that ScarJo is in, right? Yeah. Uh, Scarlett Johansson. Okay. Yeah. I need to see that one again because I, I thinking about it, I, my fond memory, I barely remember that movie at all other than it's, it's like a, it's a single woman kind of body snatching, right? Is that the, yep. mm-hmm. yeah. I'm due for a rewatch. How yeah. often do you rewatch movies? Um, uh, I occasionally, I mean, it depends on what the the movie is. Like I, I talked to somebody about Blade Runner the other day and I've seen that about 5,000 times. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, you know, there, there are certain, it's actually a lot of sci-fi movies that I end up seeing a lot, a lot of Kubrick movies that I end up seeing a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, do you, you find yourself rewatching movies like do you you kind of have a collection of favorites that you go back to yeah it's a growing one but like not you know very slowly growing Mm. i i'll just get sometimes i'll get fixated on a film if it's in theaters um and try to see that as many times i saw i saw mad max fury road a bunch of times as well like five times 
you know, Incredible. taking, taking different friends to it. Um, yeah, I hate car chases I, and like the, the whole Marvel world and, um, and fast and furious movies are, I'm sure they're good, but I can't really get past all the like, mm-hmm. and, like it's like so much going on that like I get a sensory overload and, and kind of tune out, but like Mad Max Fury Road is one long car chase and I, I, I love it. I love the entire thing. And I, yeah, so I, it's, uh, yeah, I'll get fixated on, on movies sometimes. Mostly those two, honestly. (laughs) And like Parasite, everything everywhere. I watch those a bunch of times. Mm, Yeah. It's like things that are so, have such like strong, engaging, unique stories, but also this really singular aesthetic vision that just like, it's, it's like nothing else. And, you, you know, even if it has influenced other movies, it's like this uh, kind of explosion in your brain when you see it the first time and, you know, it keeps you coming back. Mm-hmm. And like in watching those movies and like taking notes to them and, and really trying to absorb them makes, makes me feel like more powerful as an artist. It gives me like it gives me fuel in a way that like just listening to music and other lyrics and stuff don't. Mm. Um it's just like, yeah, it's like kind of a very nourishing kind of art for me to enjoy when I'm getting influenced for, for my own stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, with, with something like Annihilation, there's so much to enjoy and be influenced by. And it is like the story, the performances, the soundtrack, the, you know, production design, as I said, um, all of those elements being spectacular in their own way and unique in their own way and coming together to make this incredible thing that is just so absorbing but it's also very particular like a lot of people hate it and i think it's because the trailer's like oh it's like women doing an arnold schwarzenegger movie and it's gonna be great and it's it isn't that and i think a lot of people went into it thinking that it was going to be something much more mainstream than it is yeah I saw I saw a couple people like numerous people walk out during my <laughs> during my stint watching Annihilation for that for that week. Yeah, yeah, it, it is cool. That it kind of harkens the ghost harkens back to the Ghostbusters, the scene where they're all walking up to the Shimmer for the first time. It looks like they have proton packs on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is an, another yeah another movie featuring all women <laughs> yeah. that got kind of tanked because you know for because the because they didn't like the women. Yeah. I mean, that, that shit. Yeah, that shit sucks. Yeah, and that really is it. I, I like that Ghostbusters. I don't know what's wrong with people. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think as the movie goes on, like that, the the pacing is definitely a bit more languid than you would expect from something that is people carrying big guns and shooting, you know, alien creatures. Mm-hmm. But that sequence in the lighthouse at the end is, you know, where shit gets really weird. And yeah. I feel like that must be a divisive moment for audiences who are expecting something mainstream as opposed to, you know, people who appreciate weird shit. Oh, that whole sequence is just like, it's one of my favorite things that's ever happened in a movie. Yeah. It's the, the choreography of the fight mixed with the music and that like incredibly heavy, like synth. And then she climbs into that, that anus 
who comes out. Yeah. <laughs> there is like a big explosion at the end. Like she does, you know, she does destroy something. So that's uh, like, I guess not enough. Yeah. I guess it wasn't, wasn't enough of a base drop. Yeah. But I, I remember seeing it and thinking that the creature mirroring Natalie Portman was CGI and it's not. And it like, I mean, there's, you know, effects laid over the actor, but, um, you know, it's, uh, her name is Sonoya Mizuno. Is she the dancer that does the Sia video? She's in almost everything that Alex Garland does. Like she's the lead in devs. Um, oh. and did you see maniac that Jonah Hill and Emma Stone Netflix show? Yeah. That show is cool. She's the kind of in the lab with the giant glasses, uh, the scientist who's very like stylish. And she looks completely different in everything she does. I think she's an incredible actor. And she has a tiny bit part in Annihilation. I couldn't even spot her. She might have been cut out of it. But then she she she's a trained ballet dancer. And she did that whole thing with Natalie Portman. And yeah, she's she's incredible. She was also in um, Ex Machina. She's the woman who's uh, locked in with Oscar Isaac. Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember her. Fantastic in devs. Yeah, I had no idea that that was uh, that 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 was uh, that was her under the the yeah. shimmer mask, yeah. like whatever the, whatever you would call that. Yeah, dude, just like absolutely incredible, such amazing talent. She's in House of the Dragon as well. She's just kind of pops up all over the place, and she's one of those actors who really disappears into the role. And so I'll always be like, "Is that her again?" Oh yeah, a real Tom Hardy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The fan, the faceless man. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, all all of that stuff, and the you know crawling into the anus and being in that cave. I hadn't seen Jennifer Jason Leigh in anything in a long time either, and having her kind of pop up, I thought she was really perfect for that role. Yes. So yeah, just really, really well cast. The whole thing just fought through so perfectly. So much attention to detail, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Gina Rodriguez yeah. was real special in this mm-hmm. favorite role. I also really liked her in Kajillionaire. Yeah, that, oh God. Another <laughs> movie that not enough people saw. Uh, yeah. I, w- I wish I could talk about movies with you forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's so like uh, when when you find people who, who know what's right, uh, <laughs> it's very satisfying feeling. <laughs> yeah. Oh, another movie that I watched over and over again um, that I even like uh, call out is in in songs is um, Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans, mm, mm-hmm. the Werner Herzog action movie that he made. Yeah, or the the detective thriller that's like a TNT original. Yeah, um, that movie's great. <laughs> yeah, somebody he's just like the weirdo version of Steven Soderbergh or something, where he just like does everything. He makes every kind of movie. He acts in every kind of movie. He just like is open to it all and wants to just experience everything in film and make everything in film and just like get himself out there. Yeah. He's really down to clown. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But in this like quite serious German man's body. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Cartoon voices. He's done them. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. Herzog rules. Yeah. Um. um yeah, what else about Annihilation can we talk about? I think I don't know. I mean, I feel I feel good. I think we've 
we've covered a lot of ground. I don't, I don't think we need to, you know, strain our brains too much. We should feel proud of the work we've done. Um, I feel, I feel very satisfied. Yeah. Do you think, uh, how many, how many people do you think are going to go out and watch Annihilation based on our conversation today? At least five. <laughs> yeah. Let us know, people listening at home, if you, if you uh, hadn't seen Annihilation before, uh, but decided to, in order to, either in order to follow along with the conversation or uh, after the fact, I can't imagine anyone would listen to this if they haven't seen Annihilation. But I mean, people who want to hear what you like. I think that's the big yeah. draw. So, um, yeah, who, maybe I'm underselling it. There will be thousands of new people who will go out and it will bring Annihilation, a whole new audience. It will be forced back into the theaters and it will become a blockbuster. That'd be great. Yeah. Even, even if tens of people listen or watch it, I, I'll be, I'll be really happy. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, it's a special movie and it's, it's going to be, it's, it's here forever. Yeah. You know, it'll, it'll, and we can be proud that we're uh, that we're we, we were the early adopters. Indeed, yes. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much. This has really been a true joy. I love when I get to have conversations like this, where it's just relaxing and nerding out about my favorite things. So, thank you. Same here, Adam. It was great talking with you. That was so much fun. Thanks again to Sean for making time for me. The new AJJ album, Disposable Everything, is coming out this Friday, May 26th. Okay, a couple of quick sparks from me this week. Why do I get two when I only let my guests have one? Because it's my show and I make the rules. Okay. My sparks are both singles that were released a few days ago from Gigantic Musicians. The first one is Kylie Minogue's new song, Padum Padum, which is the gayest fucking shit you'll hear this week. Next week, it's going to start getting even gayer because it's the start of Pride Month. But for now, this is as gay as it gets. It's a quick and light little tune. It's like two and a half minutes long, but it is such a bop and it'll make you want to get on the dance floor with a bunch of other sweaty, excitable homosexuals, or at least that is what it did for me. Uh, the other song is from the opposite side of the spectrum. It is from Blur, who have released The Narcissist, which is their first single since 2015. Uh, it's, again, quite a simple song, but it's super catchy. And to be honest, I wasn't sure that they were ever going to release another album, since Damon Albarn has focused a lot on his other band, Gorillaz, and the other guys in Blur have been making cheese on farms and being politicians and shit. Uh... Those are actually genuine examples of their activities. I am not making that up. Anyway, a very welcome return from them. So give those songs a little listen. And that is pretty much it for this time around. Please follow me on social media at Spark Parade. Please have a wonderful week. Maybe have a little adventure of some kind. A few hijinks thrown in, perhaps. Who's to say? And until next time... Bye.
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hey everybody, it's Barry from the What Podcast. Hey, it's Russ. Hey, it's Brian, and we are giving away two tickets to Bonnaroo 2024. These are GA+, and they include camping. Russ, how do people get qualified? We want to hear your top artists to play on the Bonnaroo 2024 lineup. Call 423-667-7877 and tell us who we should check out. It's the What Podcast. Thanks. Hey, everybody, it's Barry from the What Podcast. Hey, it's Russ. Hey, it's Brian, and we are giving away two tickets to Bonnaroo 2024. These are GA+, and they include camping. Russ, how do people get qualified? We want to hear your top artists to play on the Bonnaroo 2024 lineup. Call 423-667-7877 and tell us who we should check out. It's the What Podcast. Thanks.